0: Viator is the world's leading travel experience marketplace, offering everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche interesting stuff in between. Extensive options, ease of selection and flexibility at your fingertips help make sure your time is wonderfully spent. Viator is the place to go to book experiences that will create long-lasting moments that make lifetime memories. And Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences to choose from in over 190 countries. In In fact, just last year, Viator helped my family put together this amazing adventure on the island of Kona. Swimming with the manta rays, trying to avoid the barracudas. Whatever your wildest dreams, if you can imagine it, Viator probably has an experience just for you. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in Viator's world of wonderful experiences. Viator. One site.
1: Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply.
2: Hello there, welcome to another episode of This Week in History with me, your host, Dan the Viking. So we're going to start off this week with a little bit of housekeeping, a couple of notes for you all. I have had a few messages and a couple of comments from you guys, just relaying that you'd heard my podcast from another one that's uh, obviously given given me a shout out just want to clarify to you guys he hasn't actually shouted out my podcast he's tried to he's he's got a, a podcast with a very similar name so he's, he's actually um plugging his own podcast this is john meacham um from his own his own podcast now i'm quite happy because apparently some of you guys who have uh, who have obviously thought that he was uh, recommending my podcast have gone and and listened and found my podcast and and you know I've now become good fans so you know obviously he's inadvertently done me a very good favour there so thank you very much and uh, we're going to look this week so for you guys who are on the Facebook group I think most of you you know most of my listeners my regular listeners are on there and if you're not get yourselves on there like I say every week this week in history on Facebook get yourselves on there and we'll play a little game. Now this week we want to go for quite a fun episode, um, a little bit, you know, a little bit bored now, not bored, bored is the wrong word, a little bit, uh, finding that they're getting a little bit depressing, you know, some of these episodes, you know, a lot of things in history are quite depressing, they are, you know, deaths and murders and things like that and so on and so forth, because those are the things that, that grasp you in history and this week we are covering someone completely different, we're covering... Probably one of the most famous men in history, and a man who will go down in history, I'm hoping, forever. And that is Walter Elias Disney. So, this is the man behind all the movies, behind everybody's childhood, and that is Walt Disney. Now, Walt Disney for me is a massive, massive thing. Walt Disney was huge for my childhood and I grew up in the 90s so the 90s obviously having some of Disney's most iconic films as well films such as The Rescuers uh, Beauty and the Beast Aladdin one of my favourite ever films Cool Runnings Hocus Pocus was Disney Nightmare Before Christmas The Lion King The Santa Claus these are some of like the biggest films in history My one again one of my favourites Toy Story came out 1995 so you know i was born in the era with some of the best disney films ever made um and you know even things like pocahontas 101 dalmatians these were all disney films that that came out in the 90s and it is it's been a huge part of you know of my history and and of my my childhood and it's something that i've always wanted to install in my children is is this love the love of disney you know disney's a it's a world-renowned brand and it's it's something that I think people all over the world know and, you know, hopefully everybody has had a time where they've been touched by the magic of Disney. There are some stories to go with Disney and, and there is quite a lot of history to the man himself, you know. Before researching, I, th- I think a lot of people would assume that, that Walt Disney was the creator of of everything and he you know he designed it all himself and and it, it almost now when you look at it disney comes across without a hitch you know there's no there's no controversy really with disney you you sort of think well he created all of this and it was, must have been very easy for him and and this is what we're going to cover in in this week this week's episode is is some of the stories behind it and how it wasn't necessarily plain sailing for Walt Disney and for the Disney corporation so we'll talk a little bit about you know how how his childhood was and you know he was where he was brought up and things like this and and we'll we'll talk a little bit about his history and where disney itself has actually come from as a brand and where it goes in the future so Walt Disney was actually born on december the 5th 1901 and he was born in Chicago, Illinois. So he was, you know, born in a a working class family. His father was an Irish Canadian. This was Elias Disney. His mother, uh, Flora Disney, was a German American. And Disney was one of five children. There was four boys and a girl. So he had, you know, he had a big family. He was brought up in quite a big family. Um, and when he was ten years old, his family moved to Kansas, which is where disney developed his love for trains and his his uncle mike you know was a train engineer and he worked along the route between ford fort madison in iowa and marceline so he he grew up with a little bit of a, a desire i suppose the railroads give you a bit of a desire to to do something different you know it's a it's a it's not your common job it's not your easy job and you know he actually worked on the railroads as a young as a young man um you know doing a summer job with with his uncle so he uh, he did did quite well and you know it gives him a little bit of a purpose in life and something to to do as a young child or as a, a young man now he attended school at McKinley High School in Chicago uh, where he took drawing classes and, obviously, why wouldn't he take drawing classes? This is one of the most famous uh, artists of all time. And this is where he sort of found a love for cartoon drawing. Now, you've got to remember, back in the early 1900s, cartoons were not necessarily very popular. They, uh, You had cartoon strips in sort of newspapers and magazines and things like that, but there was never never anything you know feature length there was no films of of uh, cartoons there was no it just it just didn't exist you know it's a different era where cartoons just weren't weren't really that popular and you know he he grew up sort of in the shadows a little bit you know with his with his drawings and they weren't overly popular he had a lot of things that he didn't didn't enjoy doing at school and i believe from from his stories, from his biographies and things like that, and a lot of videos with Walt Disney, his family didn't necessarily support the idea of him wanting to become an artist so, and to be honest I think that's that's pretty common for most people who who go into art, I think it's not necessarily a lucrative career, obviously for Mr. Disney it turned out to be a very lucrative career, but when he was 16 he actually dropped out of school And he joined the army Well, we say he joined the army He actually attempted to join the army But was rejected because he was underage uh, He actually forged his documentation And went back and joined the Red Cross uh, And uh, that's where he, he saw a little bit of uh, I a I say he didn't see action But he did see uh, the war towards the end so he, he never actually fought in the war he joined the red cross and he was sent to france to drive an ambulance now you can find um pictures online uh, of disney's drawings on the side of these red cross ambulances in 1919 so at the end of the first world war and there are quite a few pictures where you know you can see you can see his style of drawing and how it's uh how it worked, and and that you know his almost his first ever photograph drawings, his first ever famous drawings were actually done on the side of ambulances at the end of the First World War. Now, after that, he, he moved back to America. He moved back to Kansas uh, in 1919 um, to pursue a career as a newspaper artist. Um, he got a job with his brother Roy at a, a studio where he worked sorry where he met uh, a man called Ert Iwerks now Iwerks is a very famous man um his his nickname was Ub so we'll you know we'll we can, we'll call him Ub Ub or Mr Iwerks and from there on Iwerks and Disney they worked together they worked in the Kansas film advertising company uh, and he made commercials based on what are called cut out animation so Very, very basic cartoonish animation. And that was done with Disney and iWorks. Now, Disney, at this time, started to begin to experiment with a camera... ...doing his own hand-drawn animation. And he decided at this point that he was going to start his own animation business. Now, from that, he recruited uh, Fred. Fred Herman, as his first employee... And Disney and Herman they started a deal where they they'd work with the local Kansas City theater on their cartoons. Now, these cartoons they called them Laughograms, so it's just a a, a name for them and the cartoons were quite popular now they were popular in Kansas, so they weren't popular all over the u s This was just a a start up for for him and they then decided to to hire a few more employees including iWorks. So, Ub IWorks then, you know, left the newspaper and started to to work for Disney. And this is where they did, um, they started to do what what we would know as shorts now, but they, they were basically seven minutes, roughly seven minutes long, and they were cartoon fairy tales. So, you can find these online They are still available. There's one called Alice in Cartoon Land. He also did the three little pigs uh, Red Riding Hood, things like that. So these were things that he started. This is how he started before Mickey Mouse before Goofy, before Donald Duck, before Snow White all of this. He started out drawing three little pigs, and that's you know where where disney Disney started his brand and they did they did come up with you know they had a few problems niggly issues here and there um like i said cartoons very very short 7 minute clips you know they weren't he started to realize that people enjoyed cartoons and and he, that's where he started to wonder this was around 1929 where his mind was starting to sort of think well hang on a minute people are enjoying this why don't we advance this why don't we try and see how we can extend it, how we can move to feature length films that are based on cartoons now unfortunately in 1923 the studio burnt down and Disney was forced to declare bankruptcy, so this is before, again like I said, this is before Mickey Mouse he's declared bankrupt and you know, for a for a man starting out at twenty, 1923 well, 20, so he's 22 years old and his whole dream has burnt down in front of him, and now he's got to declare bankruptcy, does start to become a bit of a a problem where you're thinking, "Oh, how's he going to get back on his feet from here? Now, their answer to this was to leave Kansas, and him, his brother Roy, and Ub Iwerks moved to Hollywood. Now, this is where they started the Disney Brothers Cartoon Studio, and this is the company that would then become Walt Disney so it started out as that with that name the Disney Brothers cartoon studio and the studio's first deal was with a New York distributor called Margaret Winkler and this was to distribute her were well, their their Alice cartoons so like I said they started with with Alice now this is where they invented now what you would think is Mickey Mouse there was not their first invention. Their first invention was a young rabbit called Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. And this was the first ever shorts of one single character that Disney did. Now, every short contracted for lucky, uh, Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, they got $1,500 each. So in the late 1920s, this is quite a big, big amount of money for just a single character and you know they they started with this with this different approach i suppose where the company was primarily looking for one cartoon they were looking for one main character to build the brand around and you know this is this is where they started like i said with Oswald the lucky rabbit now in the late towards the end of the 1920s the studios actually broke away and disney had to leave leave the studios and start their own again now what happened when they did this was the actual studio they were working for with Mar- the distributor margaret winkler they they ended up losing the rights to oswald the lucky rabbit and this is where you know they again he's got to start from scratch you know he's lost his studio earlier in in the decade now he's created this amazing character and now he's lost that character to the distributors so he's had to come up with a new character and this is where he designs a little mouse called Mortimer now I know what you're thinking Mortimer that's not right well believe it or not Mickey's first name was Mortimer Mouse And after a discussion with his wife, they decided that Mortimer was not really a good name, and Mickey suited him a lot better, and this is where we got Mickey Mouse. Now for those of you who are really clued up on Disney, if you actually ever watch the Mickey Mouse series that that came out, uh, his rival is called Mortimer Mouse, and he's a very ugly looking mouse, so Mortimer does still exist in the Disney franchise, but Originally, Mickey's first name was was Mortimer. Now, you can see, obviously, from there, it snowballed for Disney. You know, this is where, you know, Disney's first successful film with Mickey Mouse was, was Steamboat Willie, and obviously, this is one of the most famous Disney films ever made. You know, obviously, with it being the first one. Now. They did actually make two films prior to the Steamboat Willie. These films never actually made it to publishing. So I believe you can still find these these videos online. Um, But the original Steamboat Willie was the first success for Mickey Mouse and Walt Disney. Now, what you may not know is that Walt Disney did not actually draw Mickey Mouse. He designed Mickey Mouse, but the drawings for Mickey Mouse was actually the work of Ub Iwerks so this is where you know Iwerks becomes very very important to Disney and although you know you you might not believe that it it is true but Walt did have a a huge part with Mickey Mouse believe it or not for the first few uh, times we see Mickey the voice of Mickey Mouse is actually uh, Mr. Walt Disney himself so if you ever get a chance to watch Steamboat Willie the voice for steamboat willie or the voice for mickey mouse in steamboat willie is actually voiced by Walt Disney himself almost as we you know when we say things like this the rest was history you know and and it was you know from that disney snowballed you know it became huge it, the success of mickey mouse and steamboat willie just snowballed to what we know today and The Disney brothers, their wives, iWorks, they presented two earlier, like I said, they did, they did have these two earlier versions with Mickey Mouse, so they were silent films, um, and they weren't, they weren't necessarily that good. I've just found out what they were called. One was called Mickey Mouse Playing Crazy, and one was Mickey Mouse and the Galloping Goucho, Goucho, G-A-U-C-H-O. Not exactly sure how to pronounce that. So, obviously, like I said, these weren't, as successful and they never actually made it to that point but steamboat willie was the instant success that took disney from a nobody to to a somebody in overnight and this is where you know from then it it gave him the ability to create friends for mickey mouse you know his love interest minnie mouse his best friend donald duck his loyal friend pluto and possibly Walt Disney's most hated creation, Goofy. Believe it or not, he was not a fan of Goofy. Now, there are contradicting um, arguments to this. One, uh, one argument says that he actually did like Goofy, uh, and there was another argument, which is quite poignant, and you can find it online, which says that Walt Disney just really did not like Goofy. He found him a very silly character, and not really a necessity to the Disney company, but... You know, however, it doesn't really make much difference. Goofy is just as famous as as the rest of them, I think. And you know, that's where the, the story begins. Let's say for for Walt Disney and and for Disney Studios. So this all happened around you know nineteen twenty eight, nineteen twenty nine. Now, this might sound like a a, a roaring success, and and what uh, you know, this is where he's dragged himself out from the gutter almost from this you know cartoonist who's been here there and everywhere and had his studio burnt down and lost his main character and so on and so forth but the problem you have is later in 1930 is the start of world war Two, and this caused quite a big problem for walt disney you know by 1939 he had he had he done he'd been successful you know like I said Steamboat Willie was a huge hit uh, he did um, the first ever coloured produce uh, produced film to win an Oscar in 1932 which was called Flowers and Trees in 1933 he had the Three Little Pigs and the song Who's Afraid of the Big Bad Wolf and you know this is probably one of the most famous songs. Of my childhood. And probably most people's childhood. Who's afraid of the big bad wolf. And that is Disney. That is you know. he He's had a, a run of success. From 1928. From the first appearance of Mickey Mouse. All the way up. To the 1940s. Now you've got to remember as well. You know 1937. Possibly. One of the most famous. Disney films ever made. And that is the first Ever full length animated film which was Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs and this premiered in Los Angeles December the 21st 1937 and it produced for Disney 1.4 million nearly one point five, one point four nine nine million dollars now bearing in mind as I'm sure most of you know 1937 Great Depression had hit in the 1930s and it was almost unimaginable that a film, a cartoon film, in the middle of the Great Depression, just before the Second World War, could make that amount of money. And Disney had then boomed onto everybody in America knew Disney. It really blossomed into this massive company. Now, like I said, they did have a bit of an issue during the Second World War. Obviously, a lot of the animators, a lot of things that happened. You know, people didn't have money to go and spend on films. There was obviously shortage of of soldiers. Soldiers had disappeared in the war. Um, you know, there was a lot of things that Disney couldn't do that he probably wanted to do because of the manpower in Hollywood and things like that and, and other issues. And that might be one of the reasons why in 1940, two films that came out in 1940, which were Pinocchio and fantasia were quite a big flop for disney they and although you know for me pinocchio what a film i uh, absolutely love pinocchio but for disney in 1940 it was not a successful film it actually you know was 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 quite bad and this is almost again you know there was a there was a, a series of flops that that followed after this alice in wonderland was a bit of a flop Bambi was a flop. These were all films that were produced around this time. Now, it does cause Disney, you know, I think at this point he would almost think, you know, we're not going to come out of this. We've had a run of success up to the Second World War, but the films we're releasing now, people just don't want to go and watch them. We're not making money out of these films. And I think he was starting to have a little bit of a, a bad time set in. However, he was contracted by the government, the U.S. government, to create propaganda, and this was huge for Disney. Very, very racist. Very, very anti—you uh, know, anti-Nazi. Uh, depicting Germans in a certain way, depicting um, Japanese in a certain way. It was really. You know, things that you just wouldn't be able to bring out now. And you can find these on, on YouTube. You can find them online. You know, Donald Duck dressed up as Hitler. Things like that. And and Disney Disney did this for the government. And, and this almost saved him through the Second World War. This ability to still be under contract. And still be bringing out material that was getting paid for. You know, obviously, like I said, the films that he bought out around the Second World War weren't overly successful and if it wasn't for the government contracts for propaganda I don't think he would have been successful I don't think he would have carried on after the second world War. I don't think he'd have had the money or the studio to carry on the way the way they did so like I said obviously the failures that Disney had during the during the
0: Absolutely anybody could be like Mary Be like Mary Log on to ChumboCasino.com And play for free now No purchase necessary Void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply See website for details The voice of the preceding commercial Was not the actual voice of the winner
2: (laughs) Get me teeth back in During the second world war Were Pinocchio, Fantasia, Bambi And he also had Dumbo in 1941 Now Dumbo was slightly more successful Than the other three But again still not very successful and disney then coming out of the second world war had to had to create something he had to move past what he was doing and he had to make his money you know he had to build his brand back up to the the point that he was prior to world war 2 so 1950 saw the release of cinderella possibly one of the most famous disney films of all time you know the castle that graces disneyland is cinderella's castle so cinderella possibly one of the the most famous disney films ever this is where 1950 he went into live action films where the first ever disney film that was live action was treasure island so treasure island again a very famous film but this was the first time disney had done a film that was not cartoons a very successful film personally I didn't particularly like it, but, you know, we all have our favourite and our least favourite Disney films. So, for me, that wasn't one I, I personally enjoyed. But 1951 saw probably one of the best Disney films, in my opinion, which was Alice in Wonderland. So, again, you know, the next few years is where Disney really got into his stride. 1953, Peter Pan. 1955, Lady and the Tramp. 1959, Sleeping Beauty. 1961, 101, Dalmatians. The cartoon version, not not the uh, not the 1990 live version. So, you know, Disney was was massive. It was creating such a big a big stage in Hollywood. You know, also you know you you add to this that he had a TV series. So, Disney was amongst the the first people to use television as entertainment. Uh, Zorro, Davy Crockett series were were popular with children. Like I said, the Mickey Mouse Club that came out. Um, you know, they, he had the the Mouseketeers, the the wonderful world of Disney in color. He, he was just he was just making so much for people, and he made so much money really off of this. He was so successful, and you know, it, it really really did snowball around the fifties and the sixties. It snowballed that much that in nineteen fifty five he opened the first ever Disneyland uh, themed park which was in california which cost 17 million dollars so you know this was his next step this was disney basically turning around and saying disney's not just for kids disney is for adults as well and i can make you feel good at the cinema by watching my films i'm gonna make you feel good having a holiday with us and coming to see us as a resort and as an entertainment complex and that is where Disney then went from just films and TV to being this massive brand that was it it snowballed even more in the in the late 50s with with the introduction of Disneyland Disneyland in 1955 was so successful so popular you know it became one of the biggest attractions in, in the world you know it was definitely I, I believe 1956 it was the biggest attraction in America so it was huge and you know within a couple of years he Disney had decided that it wasn't enough to have just one Disneyland and he wanted to develop a new Disneyland and he called it the experimental prototype community of tomorrow and for those of you who don't know that is Epcot Epcot is in Florida and this was going to be the site of Disney World and this uh, park was obviously still there now and is possibly one of the best Disney parks ever and unfortunately for Walt this was actually completed in 1971 Uh, he died in 1966 so he never actually got to see the completed Walt Disney World in Florida but I'm pretty sure he would have been mighty proud of it because it is I have been and it is amazing and it's definitely if you do ever if you are a Disney fan you do ever get a chance to go it's amazing it is magical you know and, and given a bit of time and money this will be somewhere I take my children as well because you know we are massive Disney fans in this this household uh, my wife is probably the biggest Disney fan I've ever met in my life and uh my middle child... my middle child could... uh, well, let's put it this way... I've had arguments with her about Disney... and she has proved me wrong... with Google... so... bearing (laughs) bearing in mind I'm nearly 30 years old... and I've been brought up with Disney... for all that time... and I'm getting beaten... in Disney arguments by a 7 year old girl... you know... she really really does know her Disney... so my kids... like I said this is something that was created by a man born in 1901 and you're talking 120 years later nearly and it is still the most famous the most magical brand that's out there so you know we know a little bit about Disney now we know his background we know where he came from we know how he's how successful he was you know we know a little bit about him and what we don't know and what he kept very quiet and away from the media was was his wife and children now disney was a devout father this is from his children um you know up until this is he he said you know up until the day that his kids could actually drive to school themselves he would pick his children up and drop them off at school himself this is a man who he was devout to his family now this is very very apparent in his films you know his films are based around family friendly things they are based around everyone being happy together his parks are are designed that way his films are designed that way so you know it's almost not you know it's not a shock to find out that Walt Disney was was a massive family man he married his wife Lillian, and they had two children. Now, they had uh, Diane Disney, uh, who was born in 1933. Now, she was actually the couple's only biological daughter, and they uh, they adopted uh, Sharon Disney uh, in in uh, 1936 as as a baby. So, he he had two daughters, and he brought them both up exactly the same, and and they were. You know they were the apples of his eye you know he did he did really dote upon his daughters and he really did dote upon on his family and his family like i said was was a huge a huge influence on his life and on and on his on ev- on everything really for for disney he he uh he was a family man and and like i said this is so apparent in in his films now obviously disney was very successful and with success, comes a lot of problems. Let's say that that your normal person wouldn't actually think of you know you wouldn't necessarily know these problems unless you were unless you were rich and famous and and things like that. Now, one of the things that haunted Walt Disney throughout his entire life was the death of his mother. Now, his mum died on November the 26th, 1938. And this was just after the success of Snow White, but before the production of, of Pinocchio. So, it it, it haunted Disney. The, the loss of his mother was an, an absolute... It, it crushed him, as it would most, most people. You know, it really would crush the majority of people. I know me personally, it would... I'd be absolutely devastated um, if if my mum was to pass. Now, what makes it even worse is the fact that, with Disney, he actually blamed himself quite a lot for the death of his mother. And, you know, the reasons for that is, I would say everybody who is successful or has been successful or or even wants to be successful... You know, one of the main things you want to do is look after your parents, and and that would be to buy them a house, buy them things, and and make sure your 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 parents are well looked after. And I know, for me personally, if I was successful, this is exactly what I would do. And you know, Walt Disney bought his parents a house. This house he had guys from the studio that he worked, at, you know, from the Disney studios come over and do odd jobs in the house and he got them to come over and fix the furnace in the house Uh, when his mum and dad moved in the furnace leaked and his his mother passed away from carbon monoxide poisoning obviously his dad was was very sick but his mum actually passed away because of that and you know I think Disney blamed himself he did definitely blame himself for that and you know and it is and it is a very apparent theme in disney and i'm just going to read out a few and these are just disney films where you know there is no mention of a mother or they have lost their mother and that's snow white bambi cinderella peter pan the jungle book the fox and the hound basil the great mouse detective little mermaid Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Pocahontas, Hunchback of Notre Dame, The Emperor's New Groove. So this is just a few Disney films where Disney hasn't mentioned a mum. Now, there are more. I know there are more. I can't think of them off the top of my head, so if you guys can think of any, then obviously let me know because there are some there that I have missed that that don't have a mother. You know, even to the extent you could almost argue... Um, you know sleeping beauty because she's taken away from her mother uh, same with tangled is taken away from her mother so you know you could argue that to an extent but you know with no mention of a mother there is quite a few films where the mum has not been involved in the film and it does definitely give you that that you know that side to disney where he really did feel the loss of his mother you know he really did feel it and it does make you understand a certain aspect of of his filmmaking and where you know the the lack of of parenting or the lack of the mother has come from and you know i think a lot of this led to things like his depression um certain things that like i said with his life he did definitely have uh, a few let's say, hang-ups about about himself. Now, one thing you might not know, and if you actually look through Disney pictures of, of Walt Disney, now, a lot of these pictures have been edited, and the reason for that is Walt Disney was a big smoker. However, you do not see very many pictures of Walt Disney with a fag, sorry, British, with a cigarette in his hand. And that is you know because Walt Disney had this uh, he had this opinion that he was not it's, it's going to sound stupid but he always said he was not Walt Disney he was a different man because Walt Disney doesn't smoke and he smoked and Walt Disney doesn't drink and he drank so he put on this persona as a different man to what he necessarily was and i think that comes across in his brand and I think that is you know when you're trying to be a family friendly man and I, I do believe in America it's a very big issue smoking in this country not so much we don't tend to care um, same with drinking you know drinking for British is it, it's not even a, a pastime or a hobby it's just it's something you do every meal You, know, I'm sat here now doing a podcast with a bottle of wine so it's it, drinking in Britain is nothing, nothing that in important. But I, I do believe for Americans, and especially in this era where you know America came through prohibition around the time Disney was was growing up as well. So, you know, alcohol, cigarettes in America definitely has a different connotation to what it does over here, and that is something I believe he tried to suppress and something he tried to hide from the public but it does go to show that you know he was human he he wasn't this he wasn't perfect he he had he had his mistakes he had his problems and you know he he definitely had certain aspects of his his life that he tried to shield from from public eye but that doesn't take away from the fact that he was possibly one of the biggest entrepreneurs that have ever graced the earth one of the most famous men that have ever graced the earth, and you know, probably one of the men in history who really has shaped more people than, than anybody else. I can't imagine there is anybody in modern world, and by that uh, I don't mean any offence, but I mean in first class worlds where you know we have access to films, TV, things like that who hasn't seen a Disney film or a Disney clip or doesn't know a Disney character everybody knows Disney and I, I I would even extend that to the third world I do generally believe everybody knows Disney it is that famous he is that famous his brand is that famous and that's why I wanted to cover him this week I wanted to do something that was a little bit more upbeat a little bit more fun and you know something that shouts to a different a different type of episode <laughs> one that's not so depressing um i know i do quite a few depressing episodes so this one hopefully was not was not depressing and you know we just need to look at disney and how he was as a man and just to see even now the the introduction of pixar you know the films like up and toy story and monsters inc and some of the you know these are films that my kids absolutely love and i'm pretty sure to any of my listeners out there who have children or no children you know that they love all the new disney films too and it is it's amazing disney really has that magical side to it you know there are parks all over the world there's parks in california florida tokyo paris hong kong and you know these are really worldwide disney is worldwide and i'm praying for the day we get a disneyland park in in great britain but it doesn't seem that that's like now disney actually passed away in 1966 and the last film that disney actually worked on himself was mary poppins and again this was the first time ever in history where a film a live film had incorporated cartoon with the live actor for a feature-length film. Now, again, just something with Mary Poppins, especially being British. Mary Poppins is, I think, is wonderful, but it definitely has that 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 stigma of that that classic Disney. And it was the like I said, it was the last film where. Walt Disney actually worked on it himself. Now, Walt Disney, you know, as anyone who is famous, anybody who is successful, did not come without a good... certain rumours that have been around Disney. One of the, probably the most famous rumour, is that Walt Disney himself was cryogenically frozen when he died. Now, Disney themselves actually deny this completely, And they say he was actually cremated. Now, again, there's no real proof. Except for the fact that, you know, obviously his urn exists and and things like that. What they did believe, or what the rumor is, is that he was cryogenically frozen. And he is stored underneath the Pirates of the Caribbean ride in Florida. Again, there's no proof and no evidence to back this up. However, one of the theories suggests that the 2013 Disney film Frozen, possibly one of the most successful Disney films of all time, and also possibly one of the most annoying Disney films of all time. Now, the suggestion is that that film was created to wipe the rumour out of the internet, and Before 2013, if you were to type in Disney Frozen or Disney cryogenically frozen into Google, you would be given page after page after page of rumors about Walt Disney being cryogenically frozen just before his death. However, if you type it in now, you will get Disney, Frozen, Anna, Elsa, Olaf, all of the the characters to go with it. So the rumour is that Disney created the film and called it Frozen to wipe the rumours out of the Google search page. Now, it worked. If that was what they were planning, it worked. Because realistically, that film could have been called a number of things. And Frozen would probably not have been top of my list for things to call it. However... It worked and that, you know, Frozen, like I said, is probably the most, one of the most successful Disney films of all time. And I can't imagine any of you are not sat there listening to this going, let it go, let it go. And if you weren't doing it, you're definitely doing it now. So I do apologize for that, but you can see how successful that film was and how irritating it is. But there were other rumors with Disney. Now... One of the less popular ones um, was that. I mean, I always grew up hearing Walt Disney was a, was a Nazi. Now, there's no evidence to back this up, and he actually, you know, like I said during the Second World War, created anti-Nazi propaganda. Personally, if he was a Nazi, that's not something he would have done. However, there is a famous scene in the Three Little Pigs where. The wolf is portrayed as a Jewish peddler. So, uh, and they do think that this was coincided with the date in 1938, um, which was known in in history as Kristallnacht, which is the date in Germany where the German people went around and smashed and broke any property that was owned by a Jewish person. So, they do believe that there was a link between him and anti-Semitism. Again, there's no real evidence to back that up. It is just just a rumour. So, I, I don't necessarily want to go into that. The other one um, is that he was a racist. So, again, you're looking at similar similar things. This, personally... I don't think he was racist... um, But... He definitely had... Certain things... That... He brought out that... You know... Would definitely nowadays... Not be successful... Um, You know... One of the, the... The most famous Disney films of all time... Is... Called Song of the South... Now I'm sure... If you don't know it, it's the film that has the song zippity doo I'm pretty much certain everybody knows that song. But that is a film where it depicted slaves in America that were that happy that they didn't want to leave the plantation. As we know from history, this this just not true. So... Again, there is a little bit of evidence to that, but I would say you're going back to 19 1946. I believe Song of the South was bought out. Um, it's not. It's not really applicable then as to now. I think if it was, if that was a film that was bought out now, I don't think it would get out. Um, whether he was racist or not, I definitely feel that film had racist connotations to it, but whether he himself was a racist, I'm not sure, I can see that, Um, although when you do look through the Disney history that he produced, there was not many coloured Disney princesses, in fact there wasn't one until uh, Mulan or Jasmine, And Tiana from you know more recent films, so you know it's it's possible. Um, I don't want to fall either side of that. Um, From my personal opinion, I don't think Disney was a racist. I think he was stuck in a certain time frame in America where growing up was very different to what it is now. So I'll leave you to make your own mind up. In regards to that one, but on the whole, Disney, one of the best film best filmmakers ever ma- ever made <laughs> ever lived, and definitely one of the most famous men of all time and you know for those of you who are interested, you may or may not be interested. my favorite Disney film is Toy Story, and that goes from one to four because they're all brilliant, and my favorite Disney character. ...is Scar or Gaston. Absolutely love Gaston. Sorry for that noise if anyone hears that. That was my dog deciding to sneeze in the background. But Gaston is my my all-time favourite... ...because he's just an idiot. And I love that. I love someone who's just a complete douche for no reason. And that is him. So, you know, we all have our favourites. We all have our favourite Disney films. We all have our favourite Disney characters... Get yourselves on Facebook. Let me know. Let me know what your favourite Disney film is. This was a more fun episode. I enjoyed doing this. And I will say. This was, a request. this was a request from my beautiful wife. She has said to me. On many occasions. Your podcast is boring. I don't like history. And I said. Well I've got loads of people that disagree. She went do something fun. And I'll listen to it. So she better listen to this one. Because um, this one's for her. And you know before we leave you before we you know we disappear i do want to say to everyone thank you so much for the messages that i've had thank you so much for the reviews if you do get a chance to leave us a review get yourselves on on itunes and leave me a review and i'll give you a little shout out next time we we do an episode um we do have a few fun episodes coming up again uh, there will be one coming out hopefully soon which will be a collaboration episode and that will be on the history of British and American slang so for those of you who don't know certain words that I might say on a regular basis you'll get to understand a little bit more about my dodgy accent and a little bit more about certain words that we use in this country that you probably don't know and that will actually be in conjunction with a another podcast which is called Shoes, Boos, and Tattoos and that is... A podcast by a woman named Jess, and her podcast is fantastic if you're into your your paranormal your witchcraft things like that she's fantastic um she does really, really good episodes on murders and things like that she's really really fantastic it's, it's a joy to listen to her and um, so that will hopefully be coming out very very soon as well and um, regards to certain aspects of my podcast in particular. Uh, I should have uh, a, no, a new t-shirt coming out soon. As soon as I get that and receive that, I'll post a picture of that on, on Facebook. And if you do want to order one, uh, I'll let you know how to do that. On another note, we do have Patreon. Now, I don't like to plug this too much because I do think it's, uh, it's up to you guys if you want to listen to it. But we do have Patreon. Get yourselves on it, patreon.com. If you do want to to listen like i said i do have the first episode out there now which is to do with winston churchill it will be something that once i get a couple of sub- subscribers we will start to move forward to do a couple more episodes and cover winston churchill's full life it's something where i can add video episodes um, music clips things like that anything um that i think you guys might be interested in i can add onto to patreon so if you get yourselves on there sign up, I think it's $2 a month is the minimum, and you know, you get to listen to certain episodes that you won't get on your normal feed, but apart from that, I hope you're all keeping well, I hope everyone's staying safe, and I hope we all look after each other, and like I said, and I say it every week, remember guys, you all have history, so make yours great thanks for listening, see you next time, bye bye <laughs>
1: The world is always on, but you shouldn't be. Put junk sleep to bed. At Mattress Firm's Black Friday now sale, save up to 60% on Sealy with queen mattresses starting at $279.99. Talk to a sleep expert today and unjunk your sleep.